You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. Uh, it's been a while. Yes. It's a been month. Like, it's been like a month since we've done a podcast, and this one's going to be a little different because it's just myself, Chris George, Miss Dana Culling. My inaugural podcast. Yes. The only inauguration that matters. How <laughs> many people are at your inauguration? <laughs> <laughs> More than at Trump's. <laughs> Sweet. And Miss Michelle Kisner. Hello. No Scott Lambert tonight. No. Oh. He's, he's got diarrhea again. Yeah, he's scared of the animation for some reason. <laughs> he's scared of the women. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not sure what's up with that. But anyways, um, this is episode 42 for us. So we're going to kick this off with a little bit of news tonight. First off, Friday the 13th has been officially scrapped by the studio, which I don't really understand. It seems like there would be a built-in audience for that, but for some reason, they've decided to get rid of it. That's weird. When was the last time they had a Friday the 13th movie? Well, um... Was it Jason X? No, no. They had the reboot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In 2009, and then they were going to do a new one, and due to Rings doing really bad at the box office... They basically just packed up their toys and went home. They're not going to make the movie because Rings just did not do what they thought it was going to. Well, maybe they should just stop making movies that suck. I know. (laughs) I know. It's really weird. So, in other news, alongside Friday the 13th being scrapped, World War Z Part 2 was scrapped also. Thank God. Which I know Michelle's not too disappointed in. (laughs) In other news, Split 2 is next for M. Night Shyamalan. He's already actually working on the script. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. Did you see that yet, Dana, or no? No, I haven't seen it yet. It's really, really good. Sweet. Yeah, this is definitely his return to making good movies. I know everybody likes The Visit a lot more than I did. I thought The Visit kind of sucked, to be honest. But, like, this movie was, like, old Shyamalama ding-dong. I know I know people hate when you call him that, but <laughs> but this was like his old stuff. Like it was, you know, it was tight, great editing. Just the whole thing was good. So I'm looking forward to Split too, for sure. Yeah, this was pretty exciting for him. You know, he was doing like crap for a while. There. Oh, yeah. That the last airbender. Oh, my God. It, that was awful. It was awful. What was the <laughs> other one that he did? There is the the happening. Yeah, uh, that was pretty horrendous too. Then he did. Didn't he do some shit with an elevator or something? Wasn't yeah. there? I don't remember. Maybe it was called the elevator. That might have no, been the name Devil. of it. it yeah, Devil. I didn't see that it was one. Devil, but he only produced Devil. Oh, okay. That, I actually liked that movie. I've seen that three or four times. I didn't see it, so I'll have to check it out. You'll like it. It it's sounded good. interesting from the premise. Like it's kind of like a um, like a ninety minute Twilight Zone episode. Sounds cool to me. Yeah, it's very enjoyable. But yeah, I think he just did some of the writing on that and then was a producer. Okay. But, oh, After Earth. Oh, yeah. After Earth. (laughs) After Birth. (laughs) That movie was also awful. It was terrible. It was terrible. Me and Brian went and saw that one together. And we were both like, what the fuck did we just watch? (laughs) It's so bad. It's just so bad. 
I had somebody actually defending After Earth to me online a couple weeks ago. It wasn't so bad. I'm like, yeah, yeah. As compared to what? I don't know, but it was <laughs> fucking horrendous. Yeah, that movie was terrible. That's all I know about. Stranger Things 2, or Season 2, there was a teaser on the Super Bowl Yes. last night. Did you guys see the teaser for that or no? I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Sorry. I didn't watch the I Super Bowl, but I only watched, I watched Lady Gaga's performance after after the fact, and I watched the Stranger Things teaser. It looks like it's going to be pretty good. A lot of more 80s mm-hmm. stuff for everybody to enjoy. When he's standing in the door and you see the light coming through yeah. the red, I was like, oh, it's so I close was like, to oh. Yeah. And I'm they got little Ghostbuster outfits on. I was like, oh. In other news for M. Night Shyamalan, uh, we keep talking about this guy here, Split dominated the box office for the third weekend in a row. This thing is just trucking on making all kinds of money. So I think it's getting good word of mouth because everybody I've talked to about it says they weren't going to watch it because the trailer looks stupid and then people keep telling them it's good so they go see it. Yeah. Everybody that was in the theater, when I went to go see it the second time, I saw it on a Tuesday. No, it was a Wednesday night, and I went to an 11.30 show in Monroe. They actually had late shows at like 11.30 during the week, which I thought was shocking. And there were 12 or 15 people in the movie theater, which would not happen around here. Yeah, no. But um, there are actually quite a few people in the theater, and they actually all seem to enjoy it. So... Moving on in the news. Releases this week, we get the Lego Batman movie, which, Dana, I think you're seeing that one, correct? Yeah, I'm going to see it tomorrow. I'm really excited. Also, did you guys get it worked out to go? Yeah, yeah. Mike gave me his tickets, so I'm going to go. Sweet. It's very Uh, sweet. Michelle's favorite movie ever comes out this week, Fifty Shades Darker. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) Somebody's got to bite the bullet and review it. I'm going to do it. Oh, you're going to do it? I was just going to say, not it. Are you going to, like, rub yourself in, like, sensual oils before you go so your nips are all lubed up before it starts? You know, I actually watched the first one a second time, and it really wasn't as bad as I remembered. (laughs) Do you think this one's going to be better? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) It looks even more pulpy and, like, romance novel-y just from what I saw on the trailer. I think maybe they learned some lessons from the last one. That's kind of what I'm hoping right now. But I'll see it. I'm going to take one for the team like I did last time. <laughs> it's so funny. We got all these chicks that write for the site. And we're like, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Send Chris. He'll jerk off in the theater. <laughs> <clears throat> also, John Wick 2 is finally coming out. Yes. And we are sending Jesse to that one tomorrow. He was very, very erect about that. <laughs> so. Oh, I lost my place here. Oh. We're going to actually do a giveaway on the website. We've got a brand new copy of Yoga Hosers to give away. So check out the site for that giveaway. We're going to run that for the next 30 days, and we're going to continue doing monthly giveaways from here on out. Next up are suggested viewings. About a week and a half ago, I saw a movie called Brimstone. I don't know if you guys saw my review posted or not. Mm -hmm. It's got Guy Pearce and Dakota Fanning in it. I tell you what. I've seen some movies that, like, you feel like you're raked over the coals. This movie, like, every 15 to 20 minutes, something so brutal happens that by the end of the movie, you're just like, I can't take it anymore. But it's fucking great. Is that on Netflix? No, it was one that I was sent as a screener. Um, I streamed it, and it's actually coming out, I think, this month. Okay. It's like a... 
like 19th century period piece. It's kind of a Western, but it kind of isn't a Western. It takes place during that period, but it's kind of about, I want to say it's about female empowerment during that era, but the brutality to women in this movie, it like never lets up. Rapes and beatings and just brutality from one end to the next. But Guy Pierce is the main villain in it, and he's amazing. And he hasn't really been in stuff in a while. Like I haven't really, I don't remember any Guy Pierce movies lately. No, he he kind of goes like in and out. Yeah, like he does some stuff and then he goes away mm-hmm. for a little while and then he comes back. His character in this, I can't remember his name, but he's basically on par. He's as evil as like Bill the Butcher mm-hmm. in Gangs of New York. Yeah. Like it's that level of just sheer violence and hate with this guy. Sounds good. I'm I'm excited now. And he's a preacher. He's a <laughs> preacher too. He's a preacher. Everything yeah. he does is in the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. And he just like kills people and slices and dices people and burns people and does all kinds of crazy shit. So damn. It reminded me a lot actually of Cold Mountain. Oh, I like that movie a lot. That it's a little bit a of a. Movie. It's a little has a really good soundtrack too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like that. That's one of those movies where it's a little slow, so a people a lot of people don't like it, but it really ramps up and it just by the end it's like fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Nicole Kidman's great in that one. Mm-hmm. Natalie Portman. Yeah. And Renee Zellweger's mm-hmm. in that too, right? Old squinty face. Yeah. Lemon face. <laughs> Before she jacked her face off. Yeah, now she's like super like different looking. Yeah, way different looking. So Dana, what's your suggested viewing for this week? Uh, well, I'd have to say for me, um, I, as I've been watching a lot of TV lately because I'm lazy. And uh, one of the best things that I've seen is the Adventure Time miniseries called Islands. It's an eight-part miniseries, and it's it's an addendum to the current season that's on. Um and it kind of goes into the background of what happened to the humans in the world of Adventure Time. We don't get a lot of background on that. And uh, it's honestly, to me, it's what stakes wanted to be and wasn't. It, it took a lot of characters that we didn't have a lot of answers about and gave us a little bit of closure to them, but still raised more questions. It's, it's interesting. And Pendleton Ward came back on board uh, to do some of the work on islands. He did some of the writing and, and I think even some of the storyboarding as well. So if you're an Adventure Time fan and you haven't seen Islands yet, um, you need to check it out. It was, uh, they aired it on, on Cartoon Network already, but um, it's also, you know, it's available on, uh, I had I got it on Google Play, so I saw it a week a week early. But it's, it's really good. It's worth your time if you're an Adventure Time fan. Sweet. Yeah. What's yours, Michelle? Uh, mine is <laughs> the beaver. <laughs> mm, is it <laughs> the name's so funny, but uh, actually, I we were looking for something to watch on uh, Netflix one night, and I'm like, "Is this a, a movie about Mel Gibson? But he has a, a beaver puppet, and I don't know why I haven't heard of this previously, but <laughs> it exists. He plays a a depressed businessman whose uh, depression is so severe that he can barely get out of bed and he's not living his life. And uh, he just has an epiphany one day with uh, the discovery of a beaver puppet that he talks, that he puts on his hand and he talks with, but he sounds like a Cockney British guy. 
Yeah. And so he talks with this British accent through this beaver puppet. <laughs> and then, but the beaver puppet is, allows him to express himself because mm-hmm. he's drawing away from himself to the puppet. So, like, it starts, like, changing his life for the better. But he has this puppet, like, all time. Like, when he makes love with his wife, he's got the, the fucking beaver puppets there. <laughs> and it's, like, in the shower. and But the way it's done is not as ridiculous as you think it would be. Uh, they actually handle it with a lot of uh, compassion. Um, it came out in 2011, so it got panned initially because I like to say, as I like to say, that's his sugar tits phase when he was all crazy and talking about yeah. Jews and he was drinking and obviously he was having a mental breakdown and all this. That so, was actually right after it, though. That was yeah. a couple of years after the meltdown. Yeah. So, like, he was still, like, in everybody's, on everybody's shit list. Oh, yeah. So they're, like, they couldn't get past him outside of the character they couldn't get past him as a person to examine the movie fairly i think which you know whatever that's that's what what it was that's what happened but i watched it you know 2017 now he's all back and everybody making hacksaw ridge so he's all you know but it's actually a legitimately good movie it also it was directed by jodie foster oh i forgot and it has uh i can never say his name right but the guy that was in green room and he got and he died recently um, Jorgen Schmergen. Schnurken Schnurknum. Do you know how to say his name? The guy that was in Green Room, and he was also Scotty on Star Wars and the new reboots. What is wrong? Anton Yelchin. Yeah, Alton Yelchin is in it too, and he's good. But yeah, he was like young then. Too. Oh yeah, he's really he's like young. Teenager. Mm hmm. But yeah, it's a good movie. Jodie Foster's in it also, but she's she doesn't have like a huge role in it. But I remember, she was just like a bit part. Yeah. In that. But it was a really well-made movie. It's the best movie you could possibly see about a guy with a beaver puppet, to be honest. <laughs> well, no, I remember that that was like he had done his anti-Semitic rant, had argued with the police, was drunk, was doing all that hateful, spiteful shit, and kind of fell out of the limelight. And then that was his first movie back. Was that Beaver movie? The Beaver. The Beaver <laughs> was his first movie that he made after all that. And people were very standoffish about it and didn't want to give him a chance. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching The Beaver thinking like, you know, it's really too bad you screwed up your career because you probably would have won an Oscar for this or there would have been more accolades for the movie if he didn't have that, you know socially unacceptable yeah. bullcrap that he But I don't told. see how people couldn't draw the parallel between his character in the movie and his and his real life issues too though. Like he obviously was having mental issues in real life. Right. And then he's playing a man that has mental issues. Maybe that's why he he, he said yes to that role because maybe he was trying to like say, hey, let's bring attention to this kind of thing. You know? I don't know. I, I, I felt like it made sense to that for that to be the movie he did when he was having problems. But I don't think most people are that smart though. <laughs> I mean, because we've seen that lately with the political rants, like Meryl Streep, like people cannot ser- like separate yeah. her political stance from her being an actress, yeah. even though that's her stage to do that. So, Well, I, I just, think- I've always case by case basis with separating a person from their art. It depends what they did and what they make and, you know, yep. and everybody's problematic to some degree, it seems like. And it's just, I take everything by case by case basis on whether I accept their art if their person personality is bad I guess you could say you kind of have to yeah you have to I think it's important you can to find I mean you can find an issue with any artist at some point that somebody has an issue with so it's just personal basis I guess 
All right, so you guys ready to talk about some animated television now? <laughs> sure. I'm ready since I got here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. So what do you guys want to cover on this? Uh, well, that's I don't, I don't know. I thought maybe we could just talk about in general what the best stuff is that's out right now, what we're hoping for, um, yeah. what, we're, what, we're, what we're watching, what we're enjoying. Um, we could start with Rick and Morty because I know that Michelle's probably dying to talk about Rick and Morty. No, I, I just, well, I just love that show. It's you guys have the stage. I will just be here throwing. <laughs> Did you shit ever at watch you. any episodes of it? You know, I didn't have a chance. Mm-hmm. I was so out of it in my hotel room. I did so much heroin. I just couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't concentrate long oh, enough. Rick and Morty would have been great on heroin. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, damn it. That's the show. <laughs> now I'm disappointed. All right, Rick and Morty. Tell us all about it. Well, I, I mean, I don't know if any of you read my um, the article that I wrote a while back about about the uh, the nihilism and the the strangely hidden optimism in the series. It's a it's a weird series to talk about because um, you basically have this character Rick Sanchez who's like he's basically been everywhere and done everything you could possibly do, and so he he doesn't have at at first glance he doesn't have a lot of humanity to him, but if you keep watching the show, you see how how his inhumanity has basically graced him with the with the deepest kind of soulfulness that a character can have. He's he's just he's at these points throughout the series where he's you know there are points where he's ready to kill himself and he's ready to kill everybody else and he's he's an odd character to talk about, but he's the heart of the series if you ask me. And it's just it's there's a lot of nihilism to it but beneath it there's this underlying hope in this character then and he pushes it onto his grandson morty because he's he's trying to instill something in this kid and we haven't quite figured out exactly what's gone on in his past to get him where he is but there are these clues dropped here and there and i'm just waiting on this third season like <laughs> like everybody else like when is the third when season? is the third season going to be on though we don't know <laughs> They kept saying it was going to be December 2016, and then they pushed it back and pushed it back, and now they're saying they just don't know. There, there's just no, there's no definitive date because they're taking their time with that. They're trying to do it right. So I mean, this is a popular show, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you'd think with something like that, they would be on top of trying to get it out there. But they write, they're like actually write good stuff. Okay. So. I, I like that they aren't capitulating to the popularity and just rushing something out just because because the show is so good that I would just wait. I'd just rather wait for them to be done when they're done. But, you know, some yeah. shows like you don't want it to turn into something like SpongeBob where it's got oh, 175 seasons because it's just right. that shit's on life support. It, there's nothing else. Simpsons, too, I would almost say is in the same situation where. You just the Simpsons have been on for what 25 26 seasons now. It, yeah. There's nothing how else can you do? And and the and the comedy that they themselves invented has now changed the the landscape of animated television shows have changed so, you know. So I, I feel like I don't want Rick and Morty to fall in that same trap of just pumping stuff out cuz people want it. Uh well, you it's kind of how South Park is now. Yeah, well, South yeah, Park is, way, but it's a little, it's a little different with South Park because yeah. they try so hard to be topical. Yeah, I kind of like that about South Park, that they are topical, um, but it was probably going to have the, 
the side effect of the later seasons being incredibly dated. And if you you can watch a Simpsons episode from, you know, 1994 and it's still funny because the, that humor is timeless that they use because it's not top it's because not it's not topical. topical but you know like you're gonna watch an episode like a season ago on south park they did an episode about yelp in yelping <laughs> that's such a very specific thing that like in 10 years people are gonna be like what the fuck is yelp you know yeah. it's 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 funny i i i'm glad somebody fills that area of animation and right. being topical because somebody has to do it and i feel like south park they're the best guys to do it because Trey and Matt, they're just, I like their outlook on politics and life, and they skewer everybody equally, liberals, right side, you know, they're they're kind of libertarian, I guess you could say, moderates, but I like that about them. Well, something that I read, we'll get back to Rick and Morty in a minute, but I read something about South Park the other day that they're actually going to have a hard time doing a season with Trump <laughs> in office because they don't mm-hmm. know exactly how to attack it. And they know they're going to be under constant assault by his administration for making fun of them. Yeah. And I've also read that they they basically have said, oh, well, this administration is going to lampoon itself. We don't need to make fun of it. Right. It's right. going to make fun of itself. <laughs> it already is. <laughs> it's so much. bad. It's well, they so already bad. had the Trump, you know, parody on there with uh, what's his butt that Mr. was. Mr. Ba- Garrison. Yeah. Mr. Garrison yeah. was basically Trump. And it was so ridiculous. <laughs> it was. And then the and then after the presidency, it was literally that ridiculous. Like, and they called it too. They absolutely called it with the Canadians, and they were like, "We thought it was a joke," and then uh, and then everybody was laughing, and then and then he won the office, and we weren't laughing anymore, and he's all crying, and they had like leave Canada, <laughs> shit. Like, but that like legit ass happened. Like that's how it happened. Yeah, those guys are brilliant. Yeah, those are guys absolutely brilliant. And, I mean, that's been on for how many seasons now? Uh, I think they're like 13 or 14. No, it's entering its 21st season. Yep. Yep. The last season was season 20. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. I think the last season that I watched was like 13 that I like watched like straight through. Man, there's a lot of good stuff after that. Well, it's it's changed too because um, the last two seasons have been um, basically ongoing stories instead of episodic oh uh, i heard that it's it's been like yeah it's been like an ongoing story for the whole season which some people say it works some people say it doesn't work i thought it worked better in the 19th season than it did the 20th but that's just my personal opinion well i think sometimes when you've got something like that going on for so long you have to change you have to do something different you know even Roseanne did that. Yeah. It's got to become a little more character driven and less yeah. driven by the topics. Right, right. Well, even one of the characters, it's funny when they first start doing, first start and have a continuity, I, I think Kyle or somebody's like, uh, th- something happened the previous episode and they bring it up in a second episode and he's like, dude, we're still talking about that? <laughs> yeah. Like he acknowledges that they're having continuity now and he's like, yeah, man, it happened yesterday. And he's like, oh, and then they just continue on like, that's just their little nod to people that's that are like, their hey. style, though. Yeah. They're, they're so smart with what they do. Mm-hmm. Even that movie, when we watched that again a few months ago, yeah. that movie holds up. Mm-hmm. Everything about that movie and holds Team up. And Team America. Oh, yeah. We well, just need more puppet movies. I don't understand why that was the only one. Movies. <laughs> I saw Team America in the theaters. I did, too. And I got a free T-shirt when I went. I still, still have, have it. it. Yeah, wear that shit. It just says "World Police." It's always beat <laughs> up. Right in the back, it says "World Police." I love that movie. 
So back to Rick and Morty. What else can we cover about that? Because I know you guys love this show. So It's just dark. It's dark in a way. It's dark, but it's not um, just devoid of humanity. Like you said, it's not irony just for pure irony. Uh, and in being like self-aware, but with nothing underneath, which a lot of shows have, uh, especially maybe like five years ago, that was like what's hot on the streets was like, you know, being self-aware and snarky, but not after acknowledging, you know, that stuff, they would never do anything with it. Um, but a, a show that actually does a good job with it is this not anime, but Community was one of the first shows I saw where they were snarky, self-aware, but there's character arcs and people have like revelations and, and you know, they care about each other right. underneath all of it, which Rick and Morty does very well. A Community is Dan Harmon, isn't it? Yeah. And same Dan people. Harmon, yeah. Yeah. Works, works on Rick and Morty. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's why he kind of started the shift, I would say, from detached irony to irony with a heart. I guess you could say that's the new style, which I like better because I feel like it, it, it plays better to a wider audience. And it's just, it's good to see a show that's not afraid to say shit like Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty has some deep ass shit going on on there, like dark, sad, depressing, anxiety, thinking you're not good enough, understanding that you're a, you're merely a speck in the universe and you don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But you could still make a difference in what you have uh, in your personal sphere, you know, and that's what that, because Rick's seen so much shit in the universe that he can, he's on another level of like uh, morality, even I would say right. his morality is completely different than like Morty's, but they kind of help each other because Morty brings them down to his level and says, Hey, you know, your people, he brings them, he brings them down and lets them look at stuff at a closer level than than the universe you know so they kind of help each other because i feel like he's kind of grooming morty to be like him like to kind of take his place as like maybe like you know a scientist of the universe and all yeah. that like he's maybe like he sees a spark in morty so dana who would you say that show is like like aimed at who would the audience be for this well it's definitely not a it's not definitely not a kid show but i think Anybody that has an interest in intelligent comedy, like Michelle said, it's very self-aware, but it doesn't pander to that self-awareness. It's it's very philosophical. Um, like I even pointed out in my article when I wrote it, um, basically Nietzsche was paraphrased in an episode where, you know, Morty's basically talking about how nobody exists on purpose and, you know, everybody just ends up where they are and, okay, it doesn't matter come watch television, you know, and, and Nietzsche essentially said the same thing. No man can be held accountable for his purpose because there is no inherent purpose. We have to create it ourselves if we want purpose at all. It's a human invention. So, I mean, it's that kind of level of deep stuff and it's, and it does get very dark, but underneath it all, there is that there, it's not a sentimentality exactly, but I like what what Michelle said. It was it's it's it has a heart. It's very um, it's very human, but it but it comes at that humanity from a very weird weird place. <laughs> it's kind of crazy that we get stuff like this now. That you get an animated TV series that's that deep, mm -hmm. you know? Because we didn't before we got the Flintstones and you know like the stuff we grew up with. So it's kind of amazing that they can create a series. Like you said, there's a lot of comedy to this too, correct? Oh, yeah. It's funny. But Off the wall, crazy, random stuff. Now. It I is funny as hell. It, it reminds me a little bit of 
Futurama, though I wouldn't say Futurama is not on the same level as Rick and Morty, but the kind of sci-fi-esque intelligent stuff, there's it's there in Futurama. Futurama is, I always say, Futurama is like nerdy Simpsons. Right. It's like Simpsons for nerds because it's got the Simpsons kind of style of comedy, but with sci-fi stuff, mathematician, mathematicians uh, actually write for that show and they mm-hmm. they uh, hide math jokes and equations and stuff. And like programmers write for that show and they hide programming jokes in there and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, Futurama is still my favorite show of I all time. I love Futurama. I now, love Futurama so much. Now Futurama, that went off the air and they brought it back, right? It, yes. Yeah, it, it was brought back a couple of times. It, it was canceled on Fox and then it went on to, I'm trying to remember how it went. I think Comedy Central Because it went to Comedy Central and then... They made new, they, it was syndicated for Comedy Central, and then they brought it back and, and made new seasons. Mm-hmm. They had a couple of movies, like TV movies, right. that came out on DVD, and then that, those got broken down into seasons. And then there were, so altogether there were 10 seasons, if you count the movies. Yeah. And, uh, but it's, God, it's my favorite show. It's, like you say, I guess it's, you could say it's Simpsons for Nerds, but deeper than that, it's just, it has, there's the best part of it for me is that it's just so damn Z rusty. I mean, there's just all this fantastic, like this is what the future looked like to people in the sixties, <laughs> but, but you know, we're bringing it here. This, this is the year 3000 and we have, you know, suicide booths and <laughs> <laughs> bachelor chow, bachelor chow. Yeah. It kind of sounds like idiocracy in a way. Um, like, it, it, it does, but everybody is, I wouldn't say everybody's dumb in this future. It's just that their priorities are so different from ours that it's just, it. I don't know, because they, they care about things, but everything's so different. Like, you're kind of in the same situation as Fry, because Fry is obviously there to be, like, the everyman. He's like you. Like, he's he's there to, to react so to... So he's super sexy? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, Fry's, like, there to not know shit so that the characters can explain all the wacky shit to him, right. you know? Uh, but I think also with that show, what's really great about Futurama, more so than other shows, is the characters on it are really well-developed, and they don't do that thing, that flanderization thing, which was invented because Ned Flanders... It's basically, like, when a, a, a cartoon character... I think it could also be a regular show, too. A character on a show has a certain trait that defines them and then as the seasons progress they keep uh exaggerating the trait like homer in the beginning was kind of dumb but he was like still had some humanity modern homer is is literally like something has an issue like he has a mental disability basically on the show <laughs> mm-hmm. like he's so dumb now he's so dumbed down because they keep you know uh, expanding on these character traits until they're like exaggerated beyond recognition but futurama doesn't do that like they have arcs throughout the seasons and with Fry and Leela and everybody and their relationship growing. And, and, and I, I like it cause it's more like the first seasons of the Simpsons where they actually had stories and emotions and stuff instead of now it's just like, Oh, joke this joke, that joke. But Futurama pretty much held that all through the seasons. But I don't know. It's just a, it's, it's just a fun show and it's got gaming references on it. There's, it, like I said, you know, it's just, there's every flavor of nerd is represented in Futurama. If you're, whatever you're into, Futurama's got some stuff for you. <laughs> That's true. Well, and what I, what I love about Futurama too is it, it's, 
it's unabashed optimism. It's absolutely, it, it says the future is going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. We're going to have all this great stuff that you're going to be able to do. And you're going to just be able to walk down the street and feed a dinosaur or, you know, you're going to be able to put your head in a jar so you live forever, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And, and it's, it's optimistic um, outlook extends to its characters. I mean, you have these characters, some of them are just total losers, but Futurama still lets them win sometimes. Yeah. And, and that... Like Zoidberg. Like Zoidberg. He's, he's the prime example. I mean, the way that the series decided to end his story, it just... To me, that that's what Futurama is in a, in a nutshell. It, it let him, the biggest loser on the show, it let him win and be happy mm -hmm. in the end. God damn it, I guess you're watching some of these shows. <laughs> yeah, you do. You never watch Futurama? You know, I watched Futurama like the first season it was on. Oh, man. Second I, season's a lot better. This It's finding its footing in the first season, yeah. I would say, a little bit, like most series. But I've always had a problem better. with TV. I mean, unless it was like 24 or Prison Break or ER, I was like loyal <laughs> to. For, I don't know why. <laughs> but a lot of shows I'll start watching, and I'll watch a season, and then I just lose interest. And it's still like that. It's been like that with me forever. So That just means we have to have a Futurama marathon. Yeah. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I have them all on DVD, all the seasons. So what are some other shows that you guys get into? Well, I'm into Steven Universe. I know a lot of people are for different reasons. I wrote a piece on Rebecca Sugar because I just, I just love the show so much. There are so many good reasons to be watching it. It's, it really is a show for everybody. There's a lot of, I mean, there's some cool action seasons, you know, sequences. There's a really compelling story. There's a lot of backstory that we're still learning about. I mean, the first first season and a half maybe was it 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 didn't pick up until maybe the first the second half of the second season. But um, and there are still you know things that it's figuring out for itself. It's it's only in I think it's fourth season now, third or fourth season. But the seasons have been incredibly long, and Cartoon Network's kind of been screwing it as far as airing times and stuff. It doesn't have a, like a regular airing time. They do these things they call Steven bombs. Where like it's a week of new episodes, and then you don't see Steven Universe for like months, <laughs> and That's then they weird. have another one, and you know. And Do you think they're trying to kind of ape the binge watching thing that Netflix has kind of invented? You know, That's possible because the last couple Steven bombs have been literally like little mini arcs mm -hmm. and you know you watch all the you watch all four or five episodes in the bomb and you have like a separate little arc going on and you learn one or two new things about the whatever you could call the the lore the background some of the characters and stuff like that because there's a lot of uh I mean, there's a lot does, of stuff going on in that, that show. totally seems like a netflix thing it seems like oh let's release it all at once let yeah. you watch it and you then, binge it and then you're gonna wait six months or a year and you're gonna get some more I mean, well, Cartoon like, Network is kind of notorious for almost crippling themselves when it comes to shows, especially if a show gets popular. They yeah. it's like they don't know what to do if a show like gets popular. They either, you know, they'll meter it out in little doses and barely give you any or they'll have to try to make them make like a million zillion seasons in a row and then it gets bad. I I don't know. I always feel like they bungle kind of like when series get popular and they and they they have like no idea what's going to get popular it seems like to me they just they they don't 
I mean, yeah. I guess you can't really predict that, I suppose. No, but once something is popular, they don't tend to treat it very well. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Adventure Time and, and Regular Show, both were shows that kind of started them back on the Renaissance. And the the Regular Show finale was just a couple weeks ago, and there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of fanfare leading up to it. And, and you know, and Adventure Time's going to end in another season and a half. They're supposed to be, uh, they're supposed to end it after the ninth season ends, and there's going to be a movie, I guess. But after that, I mean, there have been new episodes of Adventure Time on in the last two weeks, and there's been very little advertisement of those. I didn't even find out about the season starting until it showed up on my Google Play and said, guess what? There's a new episode. Yeah, and I, I was mean, like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you would think that they'd be smart about this stuff, especially if they have a captive audience an audience that a fan-based audience is going to keep coming back for this stuff you think that they would want to do whatever they can to coddle that and keep people coming back for more and not make it hard to access the stuff that just seems kind of retarded yeah that's yeah. that's how they roll the cartoon networks never like this is the, the way they do everything is just weird to me and also what they'll do is like a show will be popular and then you'll see them pick up like four shows that are just basically you know copies of that show and mm -hmm. style wise and stuff and, you know, and we know it's like crap you know or they'll have things well one thing they are doing good is uh they're releasing there's a new season of samurai jack coming out yeah. like out of nowhere i was like what and it's gonna be on adult swim too so it's going to be, they, it looked like it was a lot, a little bloodier and like fantastical. I, I was excited about, posting about that today. I yeah, was I like, it's going to be a little bit darker than yeah. the original series was, but it looks, the art looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks great. I was really excited about that. Yeah, that should be good. That should be really good. I do like uh, some of the more, uh, do you like Bob's Burgers? Oh, I love Bob's Burgers. Dude, that show is so good to me, and it's, like, so <laughs> underrated. People are like, Bob's Burgers sucks because it's really dry. That's one of the fucking driest shows I've ever seen. And people, I think people that aren't into that kind of humor feel like nobody's ever telling a joke because everybody talks in their normal voices, and it's quick, and they're just, like, jokes are flying. Like, there's pretty much a joke every second in Bob's Burgers, but it's so dry that you, you think they're just talking. Right. And it's just, also they have burger puns, which that's cool with me. And <laughs> I don't know why, but that show is so appealing to me. And I'm always trying to like, you know, get people on the Bob's Burger train and they don't want to get on it. And I'm sad. Well, a, c a couple of years ago, um, they did uh, the Bob's Burgers live stage show. And I, I, I was able to go to that when it was here in Detroit. And it was fantastic because they had all the characters, voice actors came. They did a little bit of their own stand-up for a little bit, and then Lauren Bouchard came out with his ukulele, and like Eugene Merman was singing songs, and they they had uh, he played the the theme song on the ukulele, and then they were singing songs from the show, and then they did a table reading, and it was just it was just hilarious. I mean, and it is like you say, it's very dry, but it's just you almost don't catch the jokes. They're so quick and so smart. And it's just you have to watch the, the episodes a couple of times before you really get the gist of everything. And it, again, is character driven, which is one of its biggest strengths, if you ask me, because anything that's that character driven where you can see where, OK, at the end of the day, that's who these characters are. And they're just the most bizarre people in the world. And, you know, if you met them in real life, you'd be like, who are the hell are these people? But <laughs> but you watch them every week and you just love them because they're just so 
Sounds like they write for our website. They're so endearing. Yeah, they're. You know what's also weird is it always makes me really hungry for burgers. Like every time I watch it, and there's a Bob Bur- Bob's Burger uh, cookbook out with like yes. all the pun burgers. Yeah, I think I want to buy like real hard. There's I'm, an Adventure Time cookbook too. Is it? it has yeah, it has like bacon pancakes and everything. I made bacon pancakes like. before. You just make pancakes, put a slice of bacon on it. It was yeah, but now you get to do it with Jake the dog. Yeah. <laughs> He gets to sing the song. <laughs> bacon pancakes, making bacon, bacon pancakes. Get some bacon and put it in a pancake. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you yeah. like Archer? I, I I like Archer, but I don't watch it as often. I, I haven't I found watched I new stuff. Get, I found I couldn't get as into Archer, but I do like it. Every once in a while I watch it because it's pretty funny. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. It's not the, I don't know if it's the style that turns me off or what it is. But they even they did a little crossover kind of thing with yeah, Archer and Bob's Burgers. Did they you did. See that? I didn't see it. I knew it happened because somebody uh, posted a picture of it on my f- it wall was, like a long time ago when it happened. It was bizarre. <laughs> it was like the Bob's Burgers character is dra- drawn in Archer style, <laughs> and all the all the voice artists because you know H. John Benjamin voices Archer mm-hmm. as well as Bob. He has, yeah, like, the most distinctive joy. voice ever. Archer? And he, the guy that does uh, Archer's H, voice. It's Sean Benjamin. And, yeah. like, and what's funny is that every single character he's ever voiced, he's just basically using his real voice. But it's, yeah, but it's distinctive. He did the voice, yeah, have you seen A Hot, Wet American Summer? And you know that part where What's-His-Butt has that can talking to him? Mm-hmm. That's his voice. I was like, dude, that's fucking Archer, that can that's talking. Like, his that's voice crazy. is so distinctive. Like, I'm just... I. <laughs> it's like his normal talking voice too so like when he's yeah. talking you're just he just sounds like archer or whatever this is weird to me you know i think my favorite animated show of all time and i mean this goes way back is probably ren and stimpy oh i love oh, ren and stimpy yeah, i still you know i, I want to show ren and stimpy to my kids and alicia's like no why because she thinks it's like too adult oriented don't show like, her don't th- show her that adult party one no, adult party cartoon was terrible anyway yeah it was also awful do I would say the first two seasons of Ren and Stimpy when John K was still involved, those are yeah. the the perfect cartoon right there, and that was what changed all of all of television animation in this country. Absolutely, absolutely, and that was thanks to Ralph Bakshi. But yeah, I mean, we used to get wasted and just watch episode <laughs> after episode of Ren and Stimpy, and it was it was those first two seasons because I remember yeah. after that the art the art changed and the uh, way the Bob show Bob West was doing it. I remember After the show. The voices. I Billy the West. Sh- Billy West, yeah, yeah, sorry. Something about the show changed. Or was there like a new version of it or something um, like that after, at some point? Yeah, because, af- well, after John Kay was fired, basically, from his own show. Bullshit. The people that took over were guys like Vincent Waller and Bob Camp, who later went on to do SpongeBob. So we came full circle with that, and we know why those shows are crappy now. <laughs> well that happens a lot where they kick the people ahead. off that made this stuff you know yeah they made this stuff popular because john k's version of ren stimpy which you can see like the difference be- like post pre and post like when he left is his stuff was raunchy but he was very good at hiding it yeah. like it would be un- it would be a, a, a layer underneath no, like if you, you have were- any rubber walrus protection yeah, yeah like stuff yeah. like that like a kid just is like oh it's a walrus wearing nipples so it's yeah. funny but adult, you're like, oh, you know, you get all the players. It's smart. But after that, it was just straight up out on the top, which is weird because when he did uh, Adult Party uh, and he didn't have the constraints of making it a kid's show, it was like off the wall crazy. It was really foul, but not in a fun way, I guess. It was yeah. like kind of off-putting yeah. to me. I don't know why, because I usually like that kind of stuff. 
but the Ren and Stimpy characters had a certain way in my mind. And then when I saw them actually doing the stuff, it was weird. Like you're watching your parents have sex or something. I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. It was like, they always had that kind of like undertone that they were gay, like, yeah. like a gay yeah. couple, but they were just like really <laughs> out with it in the new one. But not that that's bad, but the way they did it was really just like not in a respectful way whatsoever. It was done to be like shocking, I guess, to yeah. the viewer. The Sven Hoek episode of that Ren and Stimpy. That's what I was oh, yeah. I am Sven. <laughs> holy, I am Sven. We watched that probably. I mean, we would sit there and just watch it over and over and over and over again. Because it was fucking hilarious. That was the don't whiz on the, the electric, electric fence. fence. Yep. Yeah, that he dies. <laughs> Pure cheesy. <laughs> Oh, you whizzed on the electric fence, didn't you? <laughs> That's like probably the best Ren freak out ever, too. Like, and the animation in that part is fucking oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. When he starts losing his shit at the end of that episode, I knew it. Cat dirt <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. We we would be able to just recite those lines from those episodes back to each other constantly. Mm-hmm. That oh. was from a good era of Nickelodeon cartoons, man. You had like Rocco's Martin Life. Oh, man. Doug. Uh, Real Monsters. Ah, Real Monsters. That was just a good, that yeah. was a good time. Cat well, Dog, I don't really remember too much from that. I don't really even, dig well, that one. Even, even the earlier seasons of SpongeBob were, were pretty good because yeah. those came from Rocco. The Steven Hillenberg worked on Rocco's Modern Life. And a bunch of the guys that did voices on Rocco went on to do voices in SpongeBob. And that's when, you know, when it was still pretty funny i mean the first say four seasons of spongebob were pretty good and, and they just kind of went downhill after that i didn't yeah. i didn't know spongebob was still on except i was mm-hmm. watching like there's a guy on youtube i like that it reviews comic or he reviews animated series and he was talking about spongebob i'm like that's just still on yeah they're still making new I episodes what are they even about they've they, they've they're done horrible. every spongebob related thing you could possibly fucking do they're they're pretty terrible. <laughs> now the movies were pretty good, though. Yeah, I have the to say that funny. both of the movies were fun. But I think Hillenberg was involved with both of them to a degree. Yeah, he's not involved with the t- with the series anymore. He's just raking in the money, basically. I mean, even Beavis and Butthead was around in that same era too, wasn't it? That was around the same uh, time. Yeah, yeah. ninety four, ninety five, yeah, early nineties. Yeah, yeah. I love that show. I actually have it on DVD. Um, it kind of. It kind of yeah. sucks because they don't have the rights to all the music videos anymore. Those are always the funniest parts. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I yes. didn't. I watched a little bit of the new one, too, that came out. The newer I seasons. totally forgot that that was even on. wasn't bad. No? It was okay. It, yeah. it wasn't as funny as the no. other ones, but it was, it was all right. They're it wasn't not, bad. Nothing is ever as funny or as good when they bring it back after no. a decade. But I oh. mean, unless they totally reboot it and do something different with it. Yeah, yeah. Which would be cool. So give us a couple more, guys. Come on. <laughs> Trying to think what else I watch now, because now that regular show's over, I'm so sad about that. <laughs> I literally was really down about that show ending because it did it did a lot of things that shows weren't doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's another show that a lot of people should have should have been paying attention to, because well, more adults should have been paying attention to because there was so much humor in that that was derived from from like 80s and 90s stuff so a lot of nostalgia basically so it was yeah i mean there was like a labyrinth parody and they did like a whole thing <laughs> where like rigby threw something away and then he realized he wanted it back 
So he had to go to the junkyard and the junkyard <laughs> king was like David Bowie. And it was just, it was hilarious. And they would do stuff like that. They did a lot of stuff like that. And it was just, then they, they ended it. The last season was all the characters in space. It was literally, they called it regular show in space. And it was just like it with any other show, it would have been terrible. But the way that they, they did it, they pulled it off really well. And they just, they ended the series perfectly. And again, you don't want a show to get stale and you don't want it to be on 10 years past its prime. But I really wasn't ready to see that show go. I really wasn't. It was it was too good. I'm trying to think of some other shows. Well, of course, I wanted Bram to Simpsons just because The Simpsons is my favorite thing of all time. And it's just, I you know, I, I ever, every once in a while I catch a new episode from one of the newer seasons and, it, and sometimes they won't be that bad actually i'll be like oh this is kind of funny and then other ones i watch i'm like jesus oh it's terrible there's a show well he's not showrunner uh for all for the, the whole shows but matt selman is a writer that um if noticed when he does an episode his episodes tend to be a lot better they tend to be a little closer to the classic simpsons i mean you're never going to have weinstein oakley level stuff again i don't think but we're getting kind of close with some of Selman's episodes. They're they're going back to their roots more in the characters and um, remembering who these characters are and what Springfield is as a community and what makes us love The Simpsons so damn much that it's been on for almost 30 years. That th- is crazy that a sh- animated series can be on for that long. That's why I'm not mad that it's like not that good now because it's just there's no way that it would you could maintain that quality for 30 years. I don't think you could. I don't think any show could. I don't think even if they kept every single writer from the original, like, you know, the one through six, seven oh, seasons, no. it would still just not be. There's only so much material you can do. I think also uh, Family Guy did something in the, like, so The Simpsons had, they were aping the sitcom style. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, it was, they were all parodies, of like sitcom style tropes and stuff. And then Family Guy comes out and then they are the ones that perpetuated that random humor. I think Family Guy is extremely not funny show. I think it sucks. That's just me. I know everybody always gets mad when I say that, but I, I, I honestly think Family Guy is some of the fucking laziest writing I've ever seen. My problem with Family Guy is that it's mean. It doesn't have a, there's it's not that it's offensive and it's not that it's this or that it's just that there's nothing behind that i mean offensive raunchy humor is great we're just talking about ren and stimpy but if you don't have anything beneath that and it's just there to be cruel and and i don't know there's just there's nothing behind it but that and and it's it's hollow and empty and that's not where humor comes from yep it's, and there's whole episodes. You remember when they started doing that thing where they were just playing Kanye, Kanye uh, Twitty songs, but like the whole song for like five minutes? That's yeah. like, to me, that was like kind of disrespectful. Not like I was like, whatever. But th- it just showed me that they really, they were trying to see how little of a fuck they could give making that show and people would still buy it and watch it. And that to me mm-hmm. felt shady. Like, you know what? Like, just try on your show to like not suck. It, it, the thing is, is like some of the se- some of it's funny, but it's not funny. It's more funny like member thing, like you know the member berries on South Park that they have. They're yeah. like these little berries, like member and Goonies, and <laughs> like there's a whole family has a whole show of that of memory be- member berries. It's just like <laughs> remember this thing that you liked, and he says a thing, and remember the other thing you liked oh, from yeah, the I 80s. <laughs> yeah, they were fantastic. Yeah, it's a whole show made of fucking member berries. It's st- it's dumb, and then it just got progressively shittier 
until I would watch an episode and be like, what the fuck was that? On the flip side, American Dad's funny as fuck. I, I don't love know if, American Dad. I think all the people that were on Family Guy that probably saw it going down to shitter went the, you know, American Dad. Because that yes. show's legit funny. Yeah, and they're still making new episodes of mm-hmm. American Dad, too, which makes me happy. Yeah, that show, like, that show, remember, hey, we have characters with situations and they care about each other. And it's not just a collection of references jumbled together. Like, they did that South Park parody where it was just manatees, like, floating those balls. Did you ever see that yeah, one? Yeah. <laughs> That's oh. essentially what Family Guy is. Yeah, it was just like, it was just like combining up references to make jokes. And then it was exactly like, they were literally writing Family Guy episodes on that episode because that's how that show is done. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, another show I was thinking of, King of the Hill. That's good. I love that show. Is that still on? No. Okay. No, no it, well, it is, uh, Cartoon Network has, Adult Swim has uh, episodes that air on the weeknights, but. And some Fox affiliates have it uh, in syndication, but no, they haven't been making new episodes for quite a while now. But that show, that that one was a long runner too. That went mm-hmm. a long, a long time. I think there were thirteen or fourteen seasons of that show. Do people really still watch The Simpsons every week? Is it like still somebody's watching it because they yeah. keep making them? Yeah, yeah. I you know I I do uh, I read you know some some of the sites that do like weekly reviews and I'll, I'll look at the comments and it's funny because there's like a pattern to the comments most people are like well i haven't watched the simpsons in like 20 years but here's my opinion on the current simpsons and it's like okay but if you haven't been watching it how do you know what it's like now i mean i watch it and i admittedly it's more out of habit than anything else because i still i still care about the simpsons but right. i'm not finding that as many episodes are of of quality that would keep me watching every week if it was anything else. I mean, it's just the fact that it's The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. if you brought Futurama yeah. back, I'd be watching that all the time too. <laughs> yeah. I watch The Simpsons every year. I watch seasons one through six every single year. Sometimes I get up to eight. Depends. Yeah. But I think seven, seven and eight are my favorite two mm-hmm. seasons. They have the best episodes in my mind. Those are the the golden Weinstein Oakley years. <laughs> Yeah, just crazy to me when I think, like, holy crap, that show started before I was in high school? <laughs> Seriously. Nine, I was nine years old when that show started. What, what, what was the first year it was on? 1989. Yeah. It, it was, uh, the first episode okay. was the, the first Christmas special. Oh, yeah, so I would have been a sophomore in high school when it started. That yeah, is so insane. Nine, nine, ten years old when it started. That and is I'm insane. still watching it. Because I remember watching the little shorts on the Tracy Ullman show. Yeah. And that, yeah. I remember because I was too young to kind of understand a Tracy Ullman show, so my mom would just call me in when the Simpsons shorts would come on. And I'd be like, oh, yay, you know, the Simpsons stuff. And I'm like, yeah, and I'd leave after whatever else was going on. I'd kick you in the ass and get the fuck out <laughs> of Get out. You don't belong in here. <laughs> yeah, nobody in my house watched that show, so I didn't even know about The Simpsons until mm. they actually had a show. But I was one of the few kids in my class that were allowed to watch The Simpsons. I was like, yeah, I'm cool because I get to watch the damn Simpsons. Was There was never anything like adult-oriented on there that a kid shouldn't watch. Was it was there? mostly Bart's uh, aversion to authority, I think, that parents had a problem with. Okay. Like, he yeah. was just blatantly, like, <laughs> not doing what he was supposed to be doing and not listening to adults. I'm an underachiever and proud of it. Yeah. I used to have the T-shirts that had mm-hmm. that on there. And like, hey, you don't want to be telling your kids that, but we loved it. And then they shifted this, the focus of the series from Bart to Homer, and it kind of became more about all the other show. characters. And I think what I liked the most about season seven and eight was that it, it expanded the universe of Springfield, and we got to see more about all the side characters. 
we learn more about like Apu and Mo mm -hmm. and all the other people in the town and it became a more fully fleshed community. And then after that, David Meerkin took over and everything went to hell. <laughs> the Simpsons movie was really good, though. That felt like old Simpsons to me. I'm sure I think they brought back a lot of the old writers for the Simpsons movie because it felt like comedy wise, like an older episode to me, like a full flesh, just older episode. Yeah, I liked the movie. I thought it was pretty well done. I, I, I never I, saw the movie. I had zero expectations for it. And then when I watched the it, I was like, here. oh, that wasn't bad. That wasn't it did really well at the box office, too, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think it did. It did. It had a really nice animation. Look, I was, I was just, I really yeah. wanted to see it just to see The Simpsons with more budget, like better animation. I'm but, actually surprised they didn't do a second one if it's still so popular. Maybe you know? they will. Maybe I don't they know. will. They Maybe. might. Yeah. You never know. I always wanted another South Park movie. Oh, man, that would be fantastic. Or another Beavis and Butthead movie. Oh, Beavis and Butthead do America. God, that movie's so that funny. That movie is funny. Oh, my God. I remember we saw that movie in the theaters, too. And it was packed. Yeah, I saw I mean, that and, and the South Park movie, both in theaters. Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted to see that Beavis and Butthead movie. <laughs> Holy Christ. <laughs> I remember when I saw the South Park movie... I went in there and there was like a lot of kids because I don't think they knew. This is like the opening night, so nobody knew what the fuck was going to happen in it. And then, so we're so. watching it. And as soon as it goes into, they launched in the uncle fucker, this lady like starts dragging her kid out of the theater. Like she had no idea what was coming. It was R. I know, yeah. but... Why would you take your kids to that? How th stupid. But the thing was, before that, like, the South, South Park had... It was offensive or whatever, but it's still, like, TV offensive. But that was straight up South Park Unleashed. No censors, no yeah. nothing. And... We don't I'm, bleep the F word. <laughs> yeah. And Trey and Park... And Trey and Matt even were, like, you know... They... I watched a commentary, and they were, like... We would put the most offensive fucking thing we could possibly think of into the script because we wanted something slightly less offensive yeah, yeah. and we would make so that in comparison it wouldn't seem as bad yeah. and that's how they had like dildos in it and shit and like just whatever like all this all the like gay sex they were having all that stuff they they would put stuff so bad in there that in comparison the really bad stuff looked less bad basically they manipulated the NPAA yeah. into yep. giving them an r rating yep like, right. the, I think there's, like, a literal dick in it, too. Like There is. They're, like, a cutout, pasted-in <laughs> dick in the movie. Hey, Satan, come on. Relax. Yes. <laughs> He's all, like, wiggling. And I was like, what in the... Yeah. But yeah. it was just so funny to see that lady. As soon as I, shut your fucking face, uncle fucker. She just got right the fuck up and took that kid. And he was <laughs> like, what? He was all upset. I was like, wow. <laughs> uncle fucker, hun. See that coming. Oh, Terrence, you fuck your uncle. <laughs> the music's, like, so well done, too. It's, like really good like the way they composed it and everything they're well, like that great. year at the oscars robin williams opened the oscars with blame mm -hmm. canada <laughs> seriously amazing all right how you guys feel should we wrap this up for the night i think we covered mostly yeah yeah uh, yeah the only other animated shows that i can think of to talk about aren't on anymore <laughs> all right then well so this was episode 42 of Real Crime. We're going to try and be back every week from here on out. Questions, comments, or concerns, email us at chris at spoilerfreemoviesleuth.com. Bye. 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 Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find The Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes.